Good morning, everybody. My name is Willie, and this is Willie Show. me it's willie your grateful garbage head in recovery willie show podcast here we go so um it's a super early morning i'm keeping my voice down i think i got a little bit of a cold so i'm trying not to breathe in too heavy you might hear a little wheeze here and there but uh my family's sleeping upstairs and i woke up and i'm so excited to do this podcast i want to put it all together i want to edit it i want to get it out to you guys and um yeah um, we're 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 doing our best here. We're making some n- improvements. Um, if this is your first time here, Willie Show podcast is a recovery podcast featuring real people, real addictions, real stories. And if you've been with us since day one, we respect your time and we love you. And um, it's funny. I put this podcast together, and. I put it out in the world and then immediately I'll throw my earbuds on and I'll walk around listening to myself, talk to other people and laughing. It's probably really ridiculous. So, um, you know, shout outs to my normies, shout outs to my sober curious people, shout outs to my people in recovery, uh, progress, not perfection over here on the Willie show. We really appreciate your emails. I can't be too loud. I don't want to wake everyone up in my house. But uh, please continue to send your war stories, your drug stories, your... Send us anything, man. Send us your opinion. Send us your advice, and I'll read it on the air. We got to give Uncle Danny something to do. Uncle Danny is our teetotaler who reads the emails and comments on them. So, willyshowpodcast at gmail.com. And also hit us up on Instagram. Shout outs to Webmaster Zeta for putting together a hell of a social media presence. And shout outs to you guys. You know, um, we are just about to hit 400 plays and downloads. And the thing is growing. And so this week, I met a guy at a meeting Sunday. And immediately I was like, man, this kid's got something. And we ripped it up all week. And I brought him on the podcast. And um, we're making some improvements. You know, I, I was recording the podcast, you know, off the speakerphone of my phone into a microphone. This week we're trying out Zoom. And of course, you know, I went right for the Zoom without changing any of the settings. And I realized that I'm only getting a project rate of 33,000 hertz. So it sounds a little tinny, but that's okay. I, I, I realized what I did after the fact. So next week. Our next, our next podcast, the sound should be a little better. So you'll notice an, uh, a drop-off you know, in sound quality as soon as we get into the interview. But I'm really excited for this week's Garbage Head Fairy Tales. Sal is an awesome human being with an awesome story. And I really hope I didn't wake up people in my house. But I'm so excited to put this thing together for you guys. And also, we've got a lot of great guests coming up. So if you're new to the show, sit down and listen. Find out what we do. If you're a returning guest, we really appreciate your time. And we're going to make sure we're putting together a better show week after week. 
And, you know, it's all about love and it's all about recovery and it's all about the absolute ridiculous things we did to get here. So without any more of my whispering, rambling nonsense, let's get into episode eight, Sipping and Smoking with Sal and Garbage Head Fairy Tales, Willie Show Podcast. Hit us up, send your emails. Let's go. Hello. Hey, buddy. What's going on? What's going on, Sal? Nothing much. How you doing, man? I'm fucking golden, man. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me to be here. Dude, first off, thank you for being willing. Are you you a uh, podcast veteran? Have you done this a lot in life? I have never done this in my life. This is my first time. That's good, man. I'm like, I've done this now. This is my eighth time. And I started the first time by making a podcast. So, hell yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so, also, I haven't done the Zoom format thing, but I, I reached out to this guy in Los Angeles and had him listen to the podcast. Right. And he had a lot of constructive criticism, which, which, He's like a professional, so I had to like take his advice, and he said he could really tell, you know, the audio quality with calling. I was calling people on the phone, and then putting the phone on speakerphone, and then putting that next to the microphone. Got it. And he's like, "Oh yeah, I could fucking tell, dude." And I'm like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> so he said Zoom is like a better, better audio quality. So yeah, let's we'll, get we'll, try it. Yeah, we'll try it out. So, all right, man. Well. First things first, you know, we don't know each other very well at all. No, we don't. No, I met you Sunday, and you raised your hand at a meeting, and you said at the time, how many days did you have at the time? I believe it was 83. Yeah, and how many days do you have today? 86. Dude, that's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. That's absolutely (laughs) amazing. And uh, So right away, like, I noticed... Something that you don't always see is that you have this, um, like, willingness, like a built-in willingness right now, and like a light about you. And you also seem to know quite a bit about about the program and about recovery. A little bit, yes. Uh, so the light, it's probably coming from, uh, uh, I just recently finished my steps, and um that's probably what you're seeing right now is a willingness to be there for others. And that yeah. only came to me after, you know, going through the steps my first time. You know what I mean? Um, so this, I do have a little bit of knowledge on on this program. Mm-hmm. Is this your first time going through the steps? No, it's not. No, it's and not. this isn't this isn't your first time in the program. No, this is my well, this is my second time around. Um I unfortunately had a bit of a relapse in between. I had almost two years and and I relapsed. Um, you know, things, you know, I don't know if I'm not going to blame it on circumstance. I think it was. Uh, oh, you can't, man. You're an alcoholic, right? Exactly. Yes. So that's just part <laughs> of the story. Every time I relapsed, I tried to figure it out. Like, 
man, maybe I didn't do the perfect fourth step. You know what I mean? Like maybe I didn't do the right amount of service or maybe I wasn't going to. And then my sponsor would always be like, I know why you relapse. I'd be like, why? And be like, you're a fucking alcoholic. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be part of your story, but it is. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So let's go back. Let's go back a little earlier. Like, what was it like for you growing up? Well, where did you grow up? Where are you from, bro? Um, so, uh, I was, I was born in Europe. I was, uh, born and raised in Portugal. Um, no shit. Yeah, dude. Uh, is English uh, your second language? It is. English is my second language. I didn't, I I mean, I learned a little bit in school there, but I, when I got here, I couldn't speak a word of it. You know what I mean? Like it was different. Um, so if I felt less than while I was there, when I came here and I couldn't even speak the language, that was a that was a pretty hard to uh, adjust to something like that. You know, like, if, you know, I, oh, I definitely yeah. felt less than everybody. <laughs> so when so when did you when did you come over here? I was uh, 17 or 17 or 18 years old. It was in 1999 when I when I came to New York. So you lived in Portugal till the time you were 17. Yes. And did and um, you know, so so you so you graduated in Portugal? No, you went to school. school Yeah, I finished high school, and uh, unfortunately, um, financially, like uh, my parents couldn't uh, afford for me to go to school to to continue uh, an education. So I went to work right after right after high school. Yeah, I I um. I did a little bit of college myself, you know, but um, I had a kid at a young age. Like I was, I think I was 19 when my son was born, you know? So um, I finished up an associate's degree at a community college. And, um, you know, at that point it was like, you're either going to take a big loan, you know what I mean? Or you got a family now, you know what I mean? So it was like a no brainer. Um, Was that, that, you know, when was, uh, do you remember your first drink? Or your first time doing drugs? I remember the first time. I mean, we like our culture is very different. So wine okay. was always offered, you know, like you want a little bit of wine with your dinner. Like that was never like out of the question. Like I never asked for it. Right. But, you know, the adults, I don't know if it was like they thought it was funny or whatever it was. They would they would. Um, so I, I remember I don't remember exactly when the first drink happened, but I do remember when the first time i drank and it it did something for me you know we um we i I played soccer you know when i was a kid like super into it very competitive i i'd cry if i didn't win a match and uh, we played a final and we lost and um you know all my friends are happy because we got a second second place trophy and they're happy they're excited they're going around where, where i grew up you know, presenting that to other people and I'm just crying the entire time. And uh, someone decided to pour some port wine into the cup that we won. And like, okay, we started sharing that. Yeah. And I drank and I drank and I drank until how old, I were, you, how old were you for this? I was probably 12, 12, 12 okay. 13, and I drank and, and then it, like I stopped crying and I was happy yeah. and cheerful and I like became part of the group and I don't, you know, so that's when I found that, uh, 
it did something for me. It it did something f- that I couldn't do for myself, you know? Yeah. 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 I had an experience when I was playing soccer in about seventh or eighth grade and it's different. <laughs> we didn't win a championship, but something was going on. And I distinctly remember I brought some vodka in some Gatorade bottles. And after the game, I even got the head coach to drink with everybody. And this was not <laughs> something, this was not something that was socially acceptable at all. But I mean, the bus was lit right up. You know what I mean? I bet, dude. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the drugs came uh, at a later age, you know, like yeah. uh, I, I was already here when I tried. Uh, well, I, I smoked some hashish when, while I was there. I didn't In like Portugal. It. In Portugal, yeah. Wasn't your thing at the time. It wasn't my thing. And then here, you know, like I started smoking weed. That was the first thing. Uh, so growing up in school, like, uh, did you find like uh, a connection with sports? Like, do you, did you really enjoy sports? Did that give you um, or is it just something you almost had to do? Like, what was your relationship with sports growing up as a kid? I was a huge fan of, of soccer. So I wanted to be a professional player, you know? Like oh, okay. Was, you loved it. My dream, you know, yeah. my dream what's your position forward. Okay. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I had a lot of fun doing it. And at the same time, it, it made me feel part of something. Right. Um, so I, I enjoyed it. And that it was something that I was good at, you know, and like I got some praise for doing that, you know. Yeah. And I always I feel like I always looked for that. Yeah. Um, my Did that disappoint life. you coming over to this country? How, you know, um, that, um, you know, the rest of the world loves football, you know, soccer, you right. know. And in America, I think it's gaining more traction, the love for I mean, every, you know, when the World Cup comes around, everyone loves soccer, right? You know, right, but at the right. same time, you know, this is a football country, a baseball country, you know, like, did that bother you? Did you notice a transition when you came over? Or did Absolutely. You- yeah. Absolutely. It was a big, big, I mean, big cultural, cu- cultural shock to begin with, but that was like a, a big part of it. But fortunately, I ended up, playing here i ended up finding a team to play for there was a uh i grew up in austin in, in um westchester county one out okay of yeah and um and i played for the austin portuguese club and uh you know eventually i played down at chelsea piers at Leeds mm-hmm. down there and no uh shit. and in the end and then i just i got older and i i stopped yeah yeah <laughs> So, so, but was, so did you ever notice in your younger years that drinking was different for you than other people? Like, did you drink while you were in Portugal still? Did you start? Um, I noticed I, uh, I worked at a ski resort in Switzerland when I was 17 years old for eight months. And, uh, because I, I needed to get away from, my situation there my my parents had split up my dad moved here yeah uh my mom was you know struggling with two kids and and um so she took a lot of her anger out on me and my brother uh at the time it was only me and and uh one brother we're we're three boys now Mm. um so i i wanted to escape i wanted i sought out like as much as possible so uh, my friends were always older than than me 
And uh, they asked me if I wanted to go to Switzerland to work at a ski resort for, for like eight months. And I said, hell yeah. Why not? Yeah, that sounds no. amazing. And, Did you uh, ski? Well, Are you a skier? <laughs> I learned how to snowboard there. I might as well, right? You know, yeah. when in Switzerland. <laughs> Just, I mean, it was, I had nothing else to do. I was stuck in a ski resort for eight months. I didn't leave yeah. the place. <laughs> so, I, I would have been fine, but I wouldn't have left the lodge. Like that's my whole thing. <laughs> like, I, like I'll go, you know, I would go skiing with you, but I'm not really leaving that fire pit in the center of the lodge. Like I'm gonna yeah. drink, I'm gonna smoke, right? You know. And and eventually, I mean, like I remember uh, my boss because we'd go out, we'd like sleigh ride to the. There was another hotel down a mountain, so mm -hmm. we we'd go down there and we'd have drinks. And uh, I remember my boss telling me. Um, you need to learn how to cook because I worked in a kitchen. She mm -hmm. said, you need to learn how to cook before you learn how to drink. But because, and I noticed a big difference because they were sipping on their drinks and I was downing my drinks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I wouldn't stop until I was throwing up in the bathroom and I woke up in that bathroom of the hotel many times, yeah. many times. And, um, just, would you wake up? Would you wake up and get back at it? Or or by the time I you got out of the bathroom, <laughs> it was done time. <laughs> I, it, back then, I would wake up and I was done. because And, and mm. it was usually because someone was trying to come in the bathroom and I would always fall asleep by the door so they couldn't get in. Yeah. So <laughs> that was so embarrassing, man. And, yeah. Uh, throw up everywhere. And I'm, I'm yeah. like, you know, but... um. That changed, man. Like I, you know, like I, um, the my my way of drinking didn't change, but I stopped puking. I wouldn't right. get sick from from drinking anymore, and I and I could drink as much as I wanted to. Yeah. Uh, but like, and I noticed that people would get tired, or they'd be like, "Oh, I had enough." You know, I'm starting to feel it, and drinking wouldn't make me tired. It made no. me. It would give me this. It's like electric, bro. I met there's this um this girl and her husband's probably gonna be the guest uh next week. His name's Dan, but uh she she shares in a meeting and she says like for her, when she takes a drink, it's like electricity goes through her body. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not a depressant, it's like boom, I'm up, I'm ready, I wanna socialize, you know. Hell yeah. yeah. I mean, drinking took me places. It, you yeah. know, like I I went to I traveled, man. Like I went to Vegas. I went to Australia. I went like alone. <laughs> no shit. I mean? Like, it, like I wouldn't, and like I'd be exhausted, dude. Driving home, uh, commuting from the city, two hour drive, three hour drive, and I would be like, my eyes would be closing. And as soon as I got home and I started drinking, it was like eleven o'clock next, you know, eleven p.m. And I'm still up, and I'm still like impulsive buying shit or t texting people <laughs> yeah. like what is going on yeah crazy so uh so when does trouble come into play you know does it does it um, kind of cut does trouble cut like growing up as a kid and 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 switch let's does trouble find you here and there or is it really not until later in life trouble uh, i mean two months after i moved here i was smoking okay, so 
So America's <laughs> where the trouble starts. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. <laughs> For sure. Uh, two months after getting here, I, you know, I, was, I made friends, and usually I tore to tend to gravitate toward um, my kind of people, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, my kind of people. If they're just like myself, we're troublemakers. We get in trouble. We 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 get arrested. We you know that that's tell me a tell happened. me a tell me. I mean, if you if you got one, do you have a funny like or dumb getting arrested story? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like hit hit time, me up. The first time I got arrested, we were. Oh man, we we would go and um, we would steal beer from an AMP. <laughs> At the time, there were no cameras, and these people yeah. had, they were open all night. We would, uh, you know, they had thirty six packs of beer by the, the 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 way out. Yeah. So what we would do is, someone would go in, the door would open, and since that someone would go out from the same door. Yeah. With like, you know, two handfuls of 36 case uh, of beer. So uh, and then uh, but that's not why we got arrested. It was maybe there was like 13 or 14 of us underage. Um, and we would go to a house that was un under construct being built. Yeah. And uh, we'd go there and we would drink and, and just socialize, I guess. And, and yeah, like, rip it up. Uh, <laughs> and uh and uh one night after many weeks i mean i don't know how we did, we thought we were never gonna get caught because there were neighbors right across the street from this house and um the cops came and dude everyone just starts running yeah here and there we're hiding in the woods and they're like we're not going anywhere until you guys come out <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, you know? yeah so we we finally come out and they're like you're you're in major trouble you better call your dad and tell him what's going on for him. He's got to come pick you up. So I'm like, my dad's not coming. I yeah, can no way. My Hell dad's no. Not He's like, call him anyway. So I call my dad and I, I tell my dad in Portuguese, Hey dad, how you doing? I just wanted to check in. Is everything cool? Yeah, everything's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you later. I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. Peace out, Dad. <laughs> uh, he's not coming, guys. I told you he wasn't coming. Yeah, he ain't coming. <laughs> That's awesome, man. But that that was the first time I got in trouble. And that was like we got arrested for underage for underage drinking and uh for we, open we, containers. We had a ton of open containers and yeah. um that was uh we caused some that we broke some stuff that yeah. in the house. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's so, what you do when you're in an abandoned or under construction home and you're drinking right. with thirteen people. You're gonna cause some shit. It costs us like sixteen hundred dollars each, and uh, yeah, because yeah. I guess I guess it was more than a little bit of damage to the place, but yeah. but that was it. That was the first time I got it, and then uh, it progressed. I got a first DWI and then I and then I got a slap on the wrist and then I got a second DWI and then I eventually I got how, arrested. How, for how old are, how old are you for these DWIs? First one I think I was thirty-three. Yeah. Uh and the second one thirty-seven. Okay. Okay. So there's a uh, gap. There's a gap between 
underage drinking and first DWI of 33. So in between that time, like you, you found weed. Did you like weed right away? Like you said, you didn't love the hash in Portuguese. Right. So like, so I, for I, me, I'm like, a you know, and I tell people all the time, like I'm a ridiculous garbage head. Like there's almost nothing that can satiate my hunger. Like if I'm, if I'm drunk, I gotta be smoking weed. And if I'm smoking, you know what I mean? And, 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 you know, it took some time. I stayed away from a lot of the quote unquote, the, the, you know, the addictive bad drugs, but I would do non-addictive drugs in an addictive way. You know what I mean? Like, um, it was ridiculous with psychedelics and mushrooms and all that, you know. Right. And then eventually, um, you know, right before I got into rehab, I had quite a big menu list. I, I stayed away from cocaine until my mid-30s. I was always like, um, I had a, a cautious, healthy fear knowing who I am. You know what I mean? I was a daily drinker from a really young age. Um, but cocaine really helped drag me to a bottom, you know, that alcohol kept me at, which is something that I learned from my last guest. And I, I love that line, you know? Um, right. <clears throat> so for you, like, when did weed come into play? So that summer when I first moved to New York, uh, mm -hmm. I started, I started smoking weed and, uh, and I, I was, I was 18 years old. I smoked weed all the way till I was 24. Okay. Um, and then at 24, and they, like you said, like I, I didn't do it once in a while. I did, I did it daily every, weed every, smoker every hour. all the time. I needed it to work. I needed it to go to the movies. I needed it to eat. I needed it. All yeah, I almost felt like I needed permission from weed to do anything. Like exactly. man, I want to, I want to eat, but I want to eat when I'm high. Like you know what I mean? Right, like right. yeah. So yeah. this thing, this thing that like it, it became my master. It told me where to go, who to hang out with. The people I could see, the people I couldn't see. Yeah. So, you know, so uh, eventually I got a union job. So so at this time, alcohol's for partying. Alcohol's night times and weekends, right? It's still like it's still a presence in my life, but it's yeah. not like my favorite thing to do. Yeah. But uh, weed is there almost. Weed's always there. Always there. Always yeah. there. Yeah. And how was the yeah. weed? How was the um? what time? Like. I'm not sure how old you are, so I have a hard time gauging. Like, um, I'm 40. You're 40, so so I'm 37. So around the same time. So did you notice the progression of marijuana? Like, weed's one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on, and we'll get to that part of of the story because I have no problem. Like, there's people that are Cali sober, you know, they <laughs> smoke weed, and um, and that works for them, and I have no judgment. There's people that use weed as harm reduction, like heroin addicts coming off and and getting sober, you know what I mean? So I, I don't judge other people with weed, but for me in my recovery, I came to a realization that it's not safe for me. Right. You know what I mean? But I still love, like, I grew, I never imagined, for me, the promises, right? They talk about the promises in the program. One of the promises to me is like, I never imagined, right, that there'd be a world where marijuana was legal and everyone was smoking it. Right. Except for me, and I would be okay with that. You know what I mean? That's crazy to me. That's it just is. crazy to me. So, how was the weed back then? Do you remember like uh, like rags and and like you know it had the seeds yeah. in it and like yeah, you know, I dude, yeah, I remember yeah. those things popping. Yeah, hundred, yeah, the seeds popping if you didn't yeah. get it out. Yeah, like uh, you'd have crazy. to break it up and and get all the seeds and the stems out and um. 
the whole I think the whole uh culture behind it too. Like I I enjoyed being a part of that, you know. Like, Me too, man. Like yeah, the cool. You know, just the like it was like a ritual, you know, to, to yes. roll a blunt, you know, and to wrap the leaf around the Nesquik milk bottle and, and to yes. keep it safe, you know. What yes. I mean? like, it, it was uh I was, was big cool. on um I was big on like, you know, taking the proper amount of paper off the leaf. You know, you didn't want right. too much. You don't want you know what I mean? Yeah, I was like, you know, I thought it was the best blunt roller in the whole world. Dude, you know, same, bro. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you noticed weed getting stronger. And yeah, changing. Definitely. You know, definitely, I mean, yeah. it, for me, it went from regs to beaster nugs. You know, and that's uh, a thing called purple haze. And yeah, haze you would get from the city. You'd get little vials, or yeah, kids don't awesome. have haze. Now. Yeah, the haze was special, wasn't it? Yeah, that's definitely. a that's a peppery flavor that <laughs> kids don't have that today. Nah, man. Yeah, yeah. But um, it was good, man. It was it was good. And then, like I like I was saying, like I got this union job, and I was told that I was gonna get drug tested. Yeah. And the the first night that they told me I was gonna get drug tested, I drank an entire bottle of Jack Daniels. Why not? And I I was like, well, I can do this. I yeah. can drink. You know, they won't they won't test me for alcohol because alcohol's um, alcohol's okay. Yeah. Right. So. The whole thing changed uh, when I was 24 years old. Yeah. Um, you know, I started drinking daily because I, I, you know, I, I wasn't smoking. So I started drinking every day. Um, and it, it, it always, just, always, always Jack Daniels or were you a beer guy or um, IPAs? What was your drink? So at first it was, it was uh, the Jack and then wine and then because yeah. uh, you know again my culture with your culture so, hell yeah so a lot of people that i know made their own wine and like it dude that's got like 14 15 proof you oh, know yeah. like it's good stuff so i drank it's a, a lot different of wine. drunk too right like um kind of like a heavy yeah like uh <laughs> people don't talk about that but like each kind of alcohol is a di does a different thing you know what i mean like it's a different i always thought wine drunk was like all in my head and you know um, I think I, I agree with you when it comes to that, you know, but like the dark stuff would make me mellow at first, but the clear stuff would like give me a ton of energy. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, I, don't yeah, yeah, I don't know yeah. how to explain it. Yeah. But um, definitely progressed from there. I mean, I started doing it every day. Uh, I was in a relationship. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we start making plans for the future. We started talking about marriage. We started talking about buying a house. We started talking about all these things, but alcohol was always present. In but life, life is, but life is kind of manageable. It sounds like. Yes. Yeah. Kind of manageable. I'm making money. She's making money, uh, and uh, you know we were able to save enough, and and uh, we. I planned my life. I wanted to have a house before I had kids. I wanted. Like, so I was always like, I need a sketch. I need a routine. I need a schedule. I need, you right. know, and, um, if I'm going to have this first, I need this. Exactly. You have exactly. like a check, a you know, okay, now I've got this. It's a checkpoint. Right. Yeah. So, um, so we did, we did, we bought the house. We had the two cars in the driveway. We had the, the, uh, you know, the, the, 
the the wedding we had all of that you know but the drinking never never stopped and like i said it was a daily thing and um yeah before we got pregnant she said you need to you need to stop drinking and uh and she meant and she did you think she meant like you need to stop drinking daily and just become a weekend drinker did you think she meant or did she mean like no you need to stop see for me i don't think at that point, even if she said, you, 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 like, I knew I couldn't, even mm -hmm. at that point, I knew I, I could, even if she said you can only have drink on the weekends, because I lied about it, dude. Like, I would, yeah. you know, I would be like, all right, I'll only drink Michelob Ultras. Right. And uh, so we, I'd buy a case and I would have that at home, but I would drink on my way home, drive. I would, I don't know. Yeah, how of course. I, Road soda. Dude, yeah, I, I did, by the time I got home, I was lit. I would rush to get a beer to chug it so she couldn't yeah. smell the other stuff I was drinking. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. And then I'd go upstairs, take a shower, come down, stumbling down the stairs. And she's like, how are you that fucked up with one beer? Uh, well, it's probably my tolerance. You know, I've, I haven't oh, been drinking that Hot much. day in the sun. <laughs> you're working hard. Yeah. Yup. You know. So I, I started lying you know, about yeah. my drinking. I started hiding it. I had a I had a, a and that a doesn't and that doesn't uh, one of the things we haven't really been talking about. But that doesn't feel good. You know, you're in a relationship. You love her. You know what I mean. Right. And you know you're lying to her. Right. And they're little lies. They're these little. They're like little. You know. It's ah. Oh, you know. I had one. Or you know right. what I mean. But it's still inside. It's starting to to affect me. Because it's a little I am, chip at you, yeah. Right, right. So, I, dude, I remember I had a, a a set of snow tires in the basement, and uh, one time she found a an entire garbage bag of and <laughs> bottles. Yeah, yeah. You know, and she's like, "What's this?" You know, and uh, so I, you know, I was I started hiding it. I started hiding it. I knew I couldn't stop, and uh, you know. The, the first kid came and I, you know, I remember driving. She said, go home. It was in the middle of the winter. And I'm like, I'm going to go home and light the pellet stove. So the house is nice and warm Yeah, for, for the time. So, we, dude, I, I, I just needed to drink. I needed to leave the hospital just so I yes. could get something in me. Drove back to the hospital. I guess I, I my intention was to be sober enough to drive home. I don't know how I made it home uh, with my newborn and and mm -hmm. you know my wife at the time. Mm -hmm. and, and I'll never forget that, dude. Like it, like and dude. It from there it just progressed. Our, our relationship started to um, fall apart. Uh, and dude, I always had these bright ideas while I was drinking, right? Me you too. Know, those, those yeah, awesome oh, hell ideas. yeah. They, they, they feel so brilliant inside. <laughs> yeah, they feel and, uh, so brilliant. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I was like, maybe we should have another child, you know, that'll bring us together. Uh, I had to, bro, I had to say, <laughs> it's funny you say that because, um, like the the year leading up to me going into rehab, the treatment, um, I was having all sorts of bright ideas, and 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 it was very obvious. Like, um, 
that things were going wrong. You know what I mean? Like, um, but I, I had made this promise to not do certain drugs, you know what I mean? And to just drink and smoke weed, you know? So, cause to me that I never considered sobriety, but it was becoming more and more apparent that things were fucking. So, you know, I, I asked my wife at the time, I said, you know, if, if you give me a daughter and my son was like 15, 14, 15 at times, so if you give me a daughter, I'll, I'll get sober. You know what I mean? Like I'll stop doing drugs. I'll stop drinking. Yeah. And Dude, um, I totally get that. You know what her I, response was? What? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Which she, she was right, dude. Because I didn't even know how bad I was lying with that one. You know? Right. I mean, I, yeah. I, I wasn't capable yet. I was super manipulative. I was, yes. I was, you know, I, I, uh, she fell for that, you know? We, mm -hmm. we had a daughter, you know? I had a yeah. son. She gave me a daughter, and uh, and you love your kids. You love your kids. You I, can see that. Yeah, I I love them very much. I'm very yeah. blessed with their presence every yeah. other week now. Uh, but you know, for it came to the the time. The time came where you know my drinking was totally out of control at the, at the, at the point when I had a daughter. By the time are you missing? Had, are you missing work because of it? Is it affecting your job? <clears throat> Not yet. Not yet. Right. So, um, so I'm like, I'm still, I'm still providing. I can yeah. still do this. I don't think I have a problem, but deep down I knew I couldn't stop. Right. So I'm like, maybe I'm just a hard drinker. You know, maybe I just, yeah. this, this relaxes me, you know, like I still wasn't like, I'm not an alcoholic, you know? And, um, uh, she, you know, the nagging kept coming the, the, at this point. She's, I'm going to leave you if you don't stop. And my daughter was nine months old and we got into an argument. The argument started being more frequent, frequent. And uh, we got into a really bad argument. And I said, you know what? Fuck you. I'm out. Mm -hmm. And I left. I was like, you're not going to leave me. I'll just leave um good luck you know and uh i never went you know i never went back and the last five years of my drinking career after that um were just uh i, I was drinking two bottles of uh tito's well now you've got That's something it. to drink at now i'm free there's nobody yeah. to nag. there's nobody to tell me what to do yeah uh, How do you feel inside during that five years? Dude, I felt terrible. Terrible. I felt terrible. You know why? Because no. now I I know today that I suffer from a disease that, you know, when, when I put something in my body, when I take a drink, yeah. it develops this phenomenon of, of craving, right? It's a disease that that I have a mind that goes to that first drink, and I have a body that craves more of that. Yes, and um, um, and it's almost for me like um, I almost feel like a fucking alien when I'm drinking and doing drugs. Like I almost don't like I almost don't even feel like um, like I almost feel like there's like me, and then there's that. You know what I mean? And it's like, um, I remember coming down or, or sobering up little bit, little periods and like looking at myself in the mirror and being like, 
what did we do? Like, what, like, what the hell is going on with us? You know what I mean? Like, like, um, so I almost feel like, like it, like, yeah, like I have the physical allergy and the disease of more and the craving, but also like, I don't even like feel the same, if that makes sense. Uh, Certainly towards the end, as it progressed more and more, like uh, the selfishness would just take over. And it was like my ego was completely in charge. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, um. You know, and, and 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 I also learned that my drinking became paramount to anything in the world. Yeah. So when it came th- when it came time to choose between the drink and my children, I chose the drink. Yeah, and that's a that's a hard dude. That's a hard thing to. And uh, it's dude, a hard thing I to come to terms that. with. I lived with that thought for for another five years. Yeah. No. You know, and, and, and now and, it's affecting work, and now it's affecting all aspects of your life. It's affecting my relationships with other people. It's affecting work. I, you know, toward the last year, I started missing. I, st- I, I had to drink in the morning. Yeah, oh, so hell yeah. There were days that I just couldn't even make it to work because I just needed to start drinking, and 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 it, dude and then it just progressed by this point i already gotten the first dwy i got a second dwy in the last year and two weeks later i got arrested by the same cop in oh, uh, man. <laughs> for assault in third degree and and that was it now every time i i hit a bottom i thought i i would think shit how the fuck do you get here yeah but, the next bottom would be even worse, dude. And yeah, like, dude. kept snowballing uh, it. <laughs> and I'd be like, how did you get here? Yeah. To the point that uh, the last three weeks I spent in New York before I went to detox, I was homeless in Newburgh. I was sleeping in my car. And uh, once in a while, I'd go, I'd make it to work a couple of days a week just so I could have a little bit of money. And I would stay at a motel just so I could shower and wash my clothes. Is there other drugs involved at this point? You don't got to name them if you don't want to. Um, but. I did. I, you know what? I did. I did drugs. I did. Uh, I'm a very, uh, I guess from, again, from being born growing up in Europe, like I yeah. love uh, house music. Techno. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Me too. So big festival. Love house there. music. Love music festivals. Love to th- do. You do it. Have you done any of that in sobriety, brother? I have not had the chance. I almost went to Ultra Miami while I was down. All right. Florida. Listen, I'm but, telling uh, you right now, we're gonna. This is a friendship that's growing, and one of my yeah. absolute favorite things to do is to see music in sobriety. And I'll tell you, bro, like we're out there, like we are at these concerts. We are. Oh. You always find other sober people. It just happens, right? And it's beautiful. And now, like, when I'm at a concert and I'm at a festival, you know, and someone's like, blah, 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 and I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I'm sober. Like, they're like, oh, dude, that's awesome. Like, people really <laughs> love sobriety right now. That's I don't know so if it's the crazy. fentanyl thing, you know, and just all the news about overdose or what it is. But, like, there's something fucking cool about being sober. Like, I, I you know, and people respect it. You know, they know you've been somewhere. Right. They know you've been right. through it. Right. So. No, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, because of that, you know, drugs were always around, you know, like. OK, I, so I, Molly, Molly, ecstasy, cocaine. Yeah. yeah. Um, dude, I, I joke. I joke about this that I, I 
I say that uh, I recreationally smoked crack for 72 hours straight. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hell yeah, you smoked crack once for 72 hours straight. Dude, yeah. but I, I did it more than once, but that yeah. one time was a, a long time. And um, Okay. But yeah, definitely a lot of a lot of ecstasy and a lot of Molly. Those, yep. those are my favorite things. So, to do. so for me, and I, it's I, I like talking about it. Um, ecstasy is very. First off, drinking on ecstasy is sloppy, right? <laughs> like that's a sloppy look. You don't look, you know. It's, it, but no. also, there's this cost benefit thing that happens to your brain chemistry. You know, I mean, you must know about it. You know, like you, the, your serotonin is released. Right. And you're having the night, the DJ, it's awesome. But then, you know, days later, there's nothing left. Right. And you get those swings of emotion and you oh get that depression God. and you get that like, you know, almost like. And then the more for me, the more the more ecstasy I did, that cost benefit ratio became um, like there was so much cost. Right. You know, I, to my soul, to my feel, like I ju it just hurt inside. After you know, I you know, I used to say like, like um, you know, you just be doing the dishes and start crying. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, what the fuck's going on? You know? <laughs> yeah. No, I yeah. totally, I totally know what you mean. I've been through that, and at first, when it first started experiencing that, I, I didn't. Even, I'm like, I don't know how to live. I don't know how to live. Like mm -hmm. I didn't, like things didn't make sense, and I'm like, holy shit. But um, for me, when it came to 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 the drugs, um, I was I was always able to moderate, or I yeah, was you can put them down, right? Yeah. So, um, that's why, like, I don't consider myself an addict, a drug addict. Sure, uh, but you can't use safely. I can no, no. Because I have an addictive mind, so I'll yeah. I'll use them addictively. I'll use yeah. them. You use them. Uh, you uh, my my uh, first sponsor said, "Yeah, I use my drugs very alcoholically." Exactly. Right. So, uh, but but if there's a sufficient enough reason for me to stop, I will. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, with with the drink, I couldn't. There no. was nothing that could stop me. Like I said before, the thought of. Uh, 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 when he put the drink in my my family, I chose the drink, um, and and uh, you know, it, it, I just couldn't stop it. I there was no way that that I could have stopped. Once the physical, it. the the physical component has you you by the balls, right? You know, absolutely, absolutely, and uh, drugs didn't do that for me. Yeah, no. um, but they were a lot of fun. Yeah, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> you know? uh but till they're yeah. till they're not for me till they're not you know i'm right. i i i'm a garbage head so like i said for me i i don't I, i'm a drug addict you know i'm a horrendous drug addict as well as a real alcoholic you know and that does happen i know for um you know i've heard certain speakers say that oh you know most people are one or the other i don't know right. if i believe that i have the disease of more you know, so I, I, I don't think it matters to me. What right. matters is that, you know, recovery's this incredible gift that I've been given, you know, one yes. day at a time, you know, I love it. So, so anyway, Perfect. so where, so what leads you to, um, you know, your, your, your jumping off point. Um, so dude, crazy, crazy. I was in, uh, at this motel room in, in, uh, in a really bad area. I have like a hundred dollars in my pocket and 
my thought is I have enough money to go to this area and get a gun and just blow my head off because mm -hmm. I didn't know how to keep going. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to feel anything anymore. I didn't want to deal with what, what had just happened to me. I, I was completely lost and I, I'm, I'm sitting in this motel room at like eight o'clock in the morning, completely wasted. And, uh, it's my fiance today. Wow. Uh, sends me a text message with like some Oasis um, number or reference to, to uh, recovery or to some sober stuff. And I have very little memory of how this happened. The only way I can tell you how it happened is because I have text messages still saved on my phone today. Uh, okay. of the conversation yeah. I was having with, 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 uh, with these people. And I, I vaguely remember telling this girl to fuck off that she just wanted to steal my insurance information. And, and I passed out. Drunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Dude. I wake up at like 4 PM with a, a knock on the door and like, mm -hmm. I, I wake up. I don't even know where the fuck I am. I'm like, Holy shit. Well, and my first thought, it's the cops, right? It's, it's yeah, them. Course. They're coming for me. And, uh, so I go to the door and I open the door and th this dude is like, you're ready. We got to go. And I'm like, the fuck ready are you? For what? <laughs> yeah. For what? Yeah. And he's like, I'm your Uber driver. I got to take you to the airport. We got to go. And I was like, shit, did that happen for real? Like what the hell is going on? So I'm looking at my phone and apparently I made <laughs> plans. <laughs> It, dude, that you scheduled was, yourself a trip to rehab. I scheduled myself a trip to to rehab in in South Florida. Did that and start I, with the detox? It started with the detox, and and for me, it, dude, my this story gets crazier because I went down there. I had never been a detox. I never, yeah. stopped, I never tried to stop drinking. Yeah, I never knew. I I, I didn't know anything about recovery about a 12-step program. I had zero information on yep. any of this. I was scared. I had court cases pending. I was, I mean, I, at this point, I didn't even know what, what court, that I was going to have court cases of what was going on because I didn't, this just had just happened. So I, uh, I'm, I called my ex-wife and I said, look, uh, I'm, I'm going to detox in in south florida she's like where i'm like i don't know i've never been to florida uh, i'm going to west palm beach and um that's that's what i the, what i read on the messages and uh she's like she, I, I told her look i got arrested twice in the in the last couple of weeks and i'm homeless like she didn't know like my entire Gosh, family no didn't clue. know like I left my car with the key in it in front of this motel. I I was that desperate. Like I just I was like, fuck right. it. Let's go. Like try I something did, different. I just I, like that was I think that's the moment when I'd like to say that God did for me what I couldn't do for myself. Dude, absolutely. This whole thing sounds incredibly miraculous to me, but it also reminds me of my situation getting into rehab where it's like one moment, you know. I'm calling for help. And the next day I'm in a facility and 
they connect, but the connection of those two moments is like, how does this even happen? Right. Dude, I I didn't know how I got there. And um, I went four days into being in this detox. uh, I... uh, did you detox? Was, did your body go through withdrawal? Did you have delirium tremens? Did they give you uh, they gave me, uh, barbiturates? They, they gave me something to taper me off with. I don't remember what it was. Okay. Uh, I slept a lot. I remember sleeping a lot. Okay. While I was there. And um, and sweating, like waking up like drenched in sweat. And like they had to change my sheets every every morning. Um but I remember getting there and, and it did my ego is still like kicking, right? Because I'm like, oh, yeah. no way I'm sharing a room with three other guys. What are yeah, you talking yeah. about? Give me my, I, I want my own room. Like four days into this thing, I found out that my insurance didn't cover mental health uh, issues. So yeah. I'm like, what do you mean? What, like, now what? Um, now I had been going to all these H and I meetings. People were bringing meetings into there. They were bringing speakers sure. on the, on these different twelve step programs of, of recovery, and and I'm just sitting there listening. Uh, and at this point, I have no idea what any of this means. Still in detox, uh, or now are you moved still, over to treatment? Still in still, still in, in detox. detox. And uh, so they tell me that my insurance doesn't cover it, and I got scared because I've had four days dry. And um, and that's the most I've had in 17 years. So I'm like, now what? What's going to happen? And they said, you really want this? And I said, yes, I really want to not ever drink again. And they said, look, we're going to uh, scholarship you to stay here. It's a five thousand dollars scholarship. Incredible. And uh, and they did. They scholarship me to stay there. Mm-hmm. I ended up being there for nine days. And they said, you're going because your insurance doesn't cover treatment. You're going to Courage House. And I'm like, what the fuck is Courage House? They sent you from detox to a halfway house? They sent me to a halfway house straight from detox. So you really have it. My experience at the rehab, that's where (laughs) I got my, that's where I got my education. You know, that 28 days. And I also, and I won't, um, I was scholarshiped also. My, my first half of this day, my mother saved my fucking life, and I don't know how she did it. Came up with enough money to get me 14, and I was scholarship for the second 14. Because I was ready to leave the um, the rehab, and like you said, God had other plans. You know, I called I call my wife, and I'm like, I'm ready to come home. Like, you know, it's 14 days in. Like, I'm still squirrely as fuck. You know, <laughs> you know like, like, and um, I heard fear in her voice. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, like I don't know if she, if she probably could feel that I wasn't really, I wasn't safe to come out yet. I was coming out and I was going to wind up using, you know, and then I got scholarship. So, so it's, it's crazy to me to hear that you were nine days of detox and boom, right to a halfway house. Dude, it was, I remember saying uh, to the, the, Michelle was my case manager and I said, Michelle, I am not going there. I don't know what that means. The sound of halfway house, that doesn't sound Sounds good crazy. Sounds, I don't want to go. And uh, I'm going home. And, uh, and that's it. I'm cured. I have nine days clean. Yeah, I, I of course. Good, and I think I'm just going to go home. And, and um, 
So they 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 said, Sal, we we did something for you. Can you just do something for me? Just go there for two weeks. Your first two weeks are covered because I have to pay rent to live there. Of course. Um, and she said, your first two weeks are covered and just go. And I said, you know what? I'll do it. And, um, Sal, this I, is amazing. Dude, I got to this house and, it, and I'm expecting, I don't know what I was expecting. I was expecting like a, a rundown, you yeah. know, people doing drugs in this place, yeah. like mattresses on the floor. That's, that's what I was expecting. Yeah, right? you had no frame of reference. I have zero reference. Um, and I get I get to this place. The, the house manager comes out, grabs my bags, helps me in. He's like, we're going to do your intake, and we're going to go to a meeting right after this. And I said, okay, whatever. Whatever you mm -hmm. want, man. But I'm telling you right now, I'm only here for two weeks. And, I'm, and then I'm going to New York. I'm going back home. And he's like, all right. Come inside. You know, he set me down. He had to sign my intake forms because I was shaking so violently. I couldn't mm -hmm. sign those papers. And uh, and I, I, the first three days I was there, I slept. Uh, on the third day, <laughs> I went to that meeting. Um, uh, and uh, on the third day, uh, they uh, he, he goes in my room and he's like, uh, you know, Josh, uh, the some of the guys are here to see you. They're part of Courage House. And I went outside. I went outside of the room that I feel like I stayed in that room for three straight days. And there was like 25 guys in that, in that living room. And I'm, I felt so overwhelmed, dude. Like so scared. Like I didn't know what to do, yeah. what to expect. And they're like, they're getting in my face. They're happy. They're laughing. They're smiling, getting in my face. You, you're going to get this, dude we're here for you and and i'm like holy shit what did i get myself into you know what I mean? yeah like, what yeah, yeah it's bizarre it's nothing like anything you've ever experienced in any way shape or form zero zero experience with this like i had never felt like that in my entire life and uh they took me to my first meeting and they said so the the um owners uh, said sal i need you to do something for me i want you to go to this meeting i want you to raise your hand i want you to tell these people that you're new and i want you to get a sponsor i require that for you to live in this house and i said okay i'll i'll do it i went i, w I went to the meeting with a couple of guys i raised my hand i the words were in the i couldn't even speak Mm -hmm. I couldn't even say the words like, and, and I said, I'm new. Like I was almost crying. My face was twitching so much cause I was so nervous yeah. and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I don't know what any of this stuff means or any of this stuff is, uh, I need help. And, um, and, but, but I didn't ask for a sponsor. Right. I got right. home and I said, look, Josh, Thank you so much for 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 this and for letting me stay here for two weeks. But I'll get a sponsor when I go back to New York, dude. Long story short, I lived in this house for eight months. Yeah, um, I fell in love with the people in there. Did you get a sponsor? I got a sponsor the second meeting I went to. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, this friend, uh, this friend tells me, Sal, I'm taking you to Drunk Squad. And I'm like, Drunk Squad? Dude, do you know? <laughs> like, I haven't, <laughs> you know, I'm an alcoholic. What, do you, what is that? It's like, it's my home group. Um, dude, I got to this meeting. There was maybe 200 people in this meeting. Mm-hmm. No joke, dude. They had dinner served. You could go up and get, like, whatever food you wanted to. And then we all sat down. Um, and uh, I heard this guy, th- this guy share something during the meeting. And uh, at the end of the meeting, there was maybe a line of 50 dudes, like, lined up waiting for to give me their number. Yeah. To give me a hug, to 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 welcome me, to to tell me that it's gonna be okay, that that we can do this together. Yeah, we got you. Uh, I'll bring you Red Bull and cigarettes, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah, we're gonna be all dude. right. And um, and, this and you guy, know like, what, Sal? That's like that's that's the energy that we, you and me, and that's part of why I do the podcast. It's a lot of why I'm involved in service. Like that's the energy that you and me. Are not required, but in my heart, like required to give to the to the next guy, you know, because coming out of the pandemic, a lot of these meetings are smaller. Some meetings, you know what I mean? But that's right. saying that. But Sal is coming out or Sal is coming from the halfway house to the meeting. You know, the new right. Sal. We got to be there, bro. Hell you and right. I got to be there and give that same love, brother. Hell you know, yeah. I mean, these people deserve it out there. It's a confusing world out there. Dude, it was uh, I got overwhelmed with like this this amazing feeling that oh, I've yeah. never experienced in my life, and uh, and this guy shared something, and he said something like he I he said something that made me he drank the way I did. No oh, hell yeah, know? he felt the way you felt exactly, and like I I met a man that was like me. But within the same person, I met a man that wasn't like me anymore. And and I asked him to sponsor me. Mm-hmm. You know, and the next day he came to he came to my halfway and he said, let's go for a walk. We went for, for a walk. He told me a little bit about himself. I told him a little bit about myself. <clears throat> and uh he asked me, Are you are you ready to do whatever it takes? Are you willing to do whatever it takes? Uh to 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 get, Any to, to get what I want. Yeah. To get yeah. what I have. And I said, absolutely. I'll do whatever it takes, man. I, I just, he's like, you don't ever have to feel like that again. And that gave me hope. You know and what did I mean? You, like, and did you find what he said to be true? As far as what? As far as. As uh, far as if you. Uh, and I and I know obviously you know there was a point where you relapsed, but if you continued to do what he said and do mm-hmm. if you you wanted what he had and you did do what he did right to right. get it right did you notice the results from from working a program absolutely yeah from working with the sponsor and from doing the simple suggestions I, absolutely I I saw the results my life changed completely I and the only reason why i relapsed was because i stopped doing the things he suggested of me to do in the first so you get about two years together you come back up to new york right so i come to new york um after having an experience with this program that that 
change, change my you life. forever change you forever relapse forever. or not the it's in there you know you can't you're you're not i don't know if you drank during your relapse or what happened to your we'll get there but like mm-hmm. um i've drank during my some of my relapses and it's never ever the same these motherfuckers ruin drinking for me you know what <laughs> i mean <laughs> like you just it's just not the same now you know there's right. so much recovery in my soul now that like when I did relapse, it was the book talks about it as a misery that, you know, no man could really know, you know, a loneliness that, right. you know, no other human could understand. It's like, you know, I've, 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 I've put my middle finger up to my higher power. You know, I've taken my will back. Yeah. And, uh, but my buddies, my old drinking buddies, they don't want to drink with me. You know, my drug dealer, I still owe him a thousand bucks. He don't want nothing to do with me. You know, my family <laughs> certainly doesn't want me to be drinking. Right. You know what I mean? And um, it's it's confusing. It it. <laughs> yeah. And it's like you think there's no relief. Now I take a drink and the physical compulsion comes in almost faster than before. Right. Where I can't stop. I'm on the train. I can't stop. So I need to run out with no car. And the liquor store, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, so I can't stop, but I'm not even enjoying myself, right? You know what I mean? So, right. so what? Ha- so what happens? You come back to New York, you start working a program, you don't get so, connected up here. So the thing for me that was that w- that was a little hard when I came when I came to New York. I I have a sponsorship family down in South Florida of over a hundred guys. Tight lineage, um, super super to the book through the steps, being of service, carry this message type of group. Um, I, I was, you know, I was taken through this book line by line, paragraph by paragraph. Mm-hmm. I mean, we dissected this thing, me and my sponsor. We, we, um, super tight connection between me and him. Uh, we, we, he wasn't only my sponsor. He was a very, very good friend of mine. He, he was my best friend. He is my yeah. best friend still yeah. today. And um, because this man saved my life. Uh, yeah. So I come to New York and um, and I'm used to this and I'm very close minded. And and uh, and I go to a, I go to a meeting. I go to another meeting. I go to another meeting in my area. And um, and there's I little differences. Can't... You're comparing the meet. You're comparing exactly. yourself right out of the rooms, not to the people, but you're comparing the meetings up here to the meetings down there. Right. Yeah. And and I was I was very close minded to the fact that it's still the same program. And um or or I'll put this in your head like it's up to guys like you and me to bring what's going on down there in Florida to bring your experience up here. You know right. they talk about that um experience we must not miss where the right. fellowship develops around us. You know, I definitely agree with you today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet today. Yeah, you know today I, mean? I know. Dude, I can see the uh, light. I know today you agree. So, anyways, but, uh, so uh, dude, and I went to a few meetings, and um, and I went, and and after, uh, for some reason, I I was asked to share a bunch to share mm-hmm. my story when I even when I first came up here. Uh, now I. 
I had sponsees at this point down in South Florida. I was working with other guys. I was reading mm -hmm. this book with other people. I was helping this book, helping to make sense of this thing. Uh, and and I right off the bat, there was a lack of that. Mm -hmm. uh, lack of opportunity to be of service like that. And uh, because the, the rooms that I was going in, people had a ton of sobriety. They had 40, 30, 20, 10, uh, multiple digit numbers uh, in, their, mm -hmm. in their sobriety time. And intimidating daycare. Very intimidating. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I, I felt useless. Yeah. You know, and that's a, a, that's a really hard feeling to have in a group that you that you you're supposed to feel completely the opposite well your you know, disease is having a field day with any situation field, again, bro. this ego. thing's no joke <laughs> you know if it's not gonna get you drunk it's gonna settle for making you miserable as fuck dude yeah, dude and it's always been a battle of the ego against yeah. whatever it is going on in my life you know what i mean yeah. i i think that how dare you you know talk to me like that and that's yeah. what like that I caught a resentment. I, I went and I spoke at a meeting and I shared from the heart and I said, look, I, I'm just getting back to, to, to the area. I don't know you guys. You, I don't know any of you, but I, uh, I got, um, I was like, look, I, I'm willing to forget everything I know uh, about this program. I would like to get a new sponsor. And and I would like because I I want a sponsor up here that 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 I can go yeah get you need a sponsor from. yeah you need an up here sponsor and um so at the end this guy shared something that I that I that I related to and at the end of the meeting I went and I spoke to him I approached this person and I said hey man I really like what you had to share um w would you do you think you can take me through the steps do you think you could sponsor me. And this guy said to me, I already have one sponsee. And I, between that and work, I don't have the time. And I can't do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and that's that nothing it. you've experienced before. I had never experienced anything like that. I was yeah. taught that you never say no to service. Yeah, but it so it felt like rejection. It felt like rejection. It totally did. And, yeah. uh, and I, again, my ego said, how the fuck do you talk to me like that, bro? Like, how, yeah. how dare you reject me, you know? And um, and that that was the last time I went to a meeting for a long time. And uh, I said, when is this? In, when is this in relationships to the pandemic? Um, it was so I was in South Florida during the entire pandemic, and thank God. Okay. That, okay. Wow. That, it was hard. It was tough for me. Um, you know, I came out of rehab in two thousand nineteen. Put some time, almost nine months together. Boom. You know, pandemic no more meetings, da, 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 you know, so, and, you know, started a barrel roll of different difficult situations. Um, so yeah, dude, you should be grateful that you were down there during that with dude, guys I, I like just... the drunk squad. I want to mm -hmm. go to the drunk dude. I want to go to Florida so I can go check out the drunk squad, man. That sounds like my kind of yeah. place. Oh shit. I got to tell you something. Um, we, we, uh, you got to go to garage 62. Uh-huh. Because we started this meeting at a garage. In West Palm so, Beach? Uh in uh Delray Beach. Okay. And uh because I got there, there was no Fe meetings. Exactly. So I got yeah. there in February of 2020. It but like a month later, everything shut down. We had no meetings. We started a meeting at a garage. 
and uh, that meeting is now on Intergroup, and we 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 uh, oh, rent the church, and uh, we we do a huge. There's maybe eighty people there on a Friday night. Uh, yeah. Every Friday night, dude, we we pack the house, and that's where you really want to go. Yeah. So <laughs> I had this experience. I live on an old, um, and I live in an old farmhouse that I rent from my boss. And, you know, the meeting shut down. We weren't allowed in the churches. They were just barely letting us in parking lots. You know what I mean? And um, so I started a meeting in my backyard. I got this giant fire pit, like four foot by five foot wide. So we started a meeting in my backyard. We started with every other week. And then we went to once a week, started with like eight or nine, you know, guys and girls. And then, you know, I used to say this thing about like, um, you know, we have no expenses, but we do have a fire. And dude, like for the seventh tradition, you know right, what I mean? Right. So for the seventh tradition, people were bringing firewood. They're Hell burning yeah. decks. They're burning chairs. They're burning. <laughs> All of a sudden, I got um, 40, 50 people in my backyard Damn, during the bro. pandemic. And um, But I think my sobriety was too fast, bro. There was times that, um, you know, I'd want to chair the meeting outside my own house. And I'd have to sit in the in the, in the I, I used to have this big chair, fucking huge, like six foot chair, you know, big ego, big chair, right. <laughs> like freaking. And I would relapse and I would grab this little preschooler's chair, like a four year old's chair, little tiny little chair. And I'd sit on <laughs> no, my tiny, yeah, you know, um, top of the world, big chair, you know, welcome <laughs> to the meeting. And then relapse and I'd have to have someone else chair the meeting in my backyard because I only have one day, bro, you know? And um, and now I'm in the little chair and I'm crying. I got like, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, there were some special things that happened during the pandemic, you know? Definitely. I mean, I'm grateful. I mean, some people, I, dude, some people had different experiences than mine, but I was Mm -hmm. grateful for it because it gave me the time I needed to recover. There was nothing else to do other than to read this book and, and to, and to be a part of something. Like yeah. So so let's uh yeah um so so, so what the, happens to the re- so, to, to the relapse so going forward with the relapse so I I um again I, I caught that resentment I never went to meetings and I like I I stopped going to meetings and and I was still praying I was still praying and and and, and, uh, and meditating and I'm like you know uh, like months go by and I'm not going to meetings and I'm still praying meditating. And, uh, you know, like I just, at one point I was like, yeah, maybe, maybe I don't need to pray and meditate. You know, maybe this is just a waste of time, you know, and my ego starts telling me that maybe it was just alcohol, you know, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Like what you were saying before, like what you were saying before, you've always been able to manage, um, drugs and put them down. So why not go back to your first love? Exactly. The original girlfriend. <laughs> she's so cute. She smells yeah. great. You know, just you know, oh, she, she dresses different. Yeah. You know, it's weed. And and now you can go to the grocery store and get it. <laughs> yeah, it's like um so socially acceptable. There's a mark. There's a national marketing campaign about how great marijuana is for people in recovery. You know what I mean? Uh, so dude, do you remember when you do you remember the decision? I remember I was uh I was at, at the beach with my family and um 
I, we had gone and, and gotten some, some edibles and, uh, and, uh, I was like, well, maybe if I just eat one, I don't think this is gonna, I think I'll be all right. You know, I, 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 I haven't drank anything in, in, in almost two years. Like, what kind of edible? A gummy bear? A gummy. Yeah. It was like a, a 10 milligram gummy bear. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, uh, so I ate one <laughs> and dude, like I felt so good. I was at the beach. Yeah, like, man. Hey, this is awesome. I'm just relaxing. Yep. The kids are playing in the water. Uh, we're, we're just having a great, I'm sitting in that chair. I'm like, you know, having a white light experience. All Yo, my hell own, yeah. Dude. I've <laughs> arrived. Dude, yeah. this is the best. I can do this. Uh, it's not to my, to my surprise that the next day I ate two gummies. Oh yeah, you know, and the the following day I was rolling some weed. Why not? You know, and then it, dude, it just progressed really quickly. Within three months, I was spending five hundred dollars of weed and and uh, marijuana products. <laughs> yeah, me too. I talked about this vape. last week with like my utility belt. I got vapes. I got edibles. Dude, I got yeah. nuggets. I got, you know, uh, concentrates, waxes. I got a pen that does, you know, it's ridiculous. Dude, I'm buying, I'm buying a rolling machine. Cause I just, yeah. I, it, it's holy shit, dude. And, and like, and I'm looking at the, uh, THC and it's not the weed you grew from. up with this weed's strong, bro. It's dude, a and jacked I up THC, no CBDs <laughs> in it. Like, and it's, it it's for me, it's like induces paranoia. Dude, like, you know those vape pens? Yeah. The one gram pens, not the little ones, the one gram, yeah. the big ones. That shit used to last me about a week and a half. Yeah, of course. It, a, yeah. Puff all day. One day I was mm -hmm. sucking that down like towards the end. And so and, the and millisecond it, you get up, you're you're hitting the pen or a bowl or yeah, something. Yeah, the absolute all, all day. day at work, because no one it's a pen. You can't can blow it. You can you can hit your vape pen and blow it in the back of your boss's head. Yeah, yeah. And you they don't never smell it. Know what it is? Yeah. yeah. So, really quickly, dude. The, like I, I, um, but that's not what scared me. What scared me was my my actions and and what I started doing and what mm. I started doing from the past i started lying i started being dishonest i started cheating manipulating and 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 my yeah. that old your self character defects I, man your defaults dude, your old self just came back quickly within yes. three months i was i was being suspicious i was dude it was like things at home were starting to to degrade and i'm like how the fuck is this possible yeah, dude? recovery how sal is no longer in charge no ego sal's in charge dude I, my will and i you know i took my will back i saw again i started spending money because uh, that's anything that makes me feel good, dude. Anything that makes me feel good, I take to the gates of insanity or death. So do you drink during the relapse? I do not. Do you do any other mind-altering substances during the relapse? I did not. I think your story is so important, brother. And I really think, you know, and I know I have a small listener base, but I get about 70 listeners per episode. I know that, you know, the whole thing about there's a wrench to fit every nut in this program. There's someone that needs to hear about how 
um, you know, marijuana affected you? Because maybe they're questioning how it's affecting them, you know, and what it's like in, in, in their life. So what is what does a weed only spiritual bottom feel like? It felt just like the other one. <laughs> the same. It, it felt the same, dude. It felt the same. I don't know if I did it. You know, like I said, it was a few months uh, and, and, and things just happened so quickly. But it felt just the same as the other bottom. Inside. You know, broken inside. I felt I felt like worthless. I didn't know how to live. I'm shaking again. I can't sleep. I'm sweating all night long. Just the same way as I was when I was drinking. Panic and attacks. Panic attacks. Anxiety through the roof, dude. Like I'm I I thought I was dying. Dude. But you can't stop. But I couldn't stop. You can't stop yep. smoking weed. Yep. Absolutely. I could not stop. Fucking interesting, it. isn't it? And this is a non-addictive super and I, I I have met people in recovery, you know, and it's their program. You know, I mean, it might not be everyone's traditional that are uh, doing a um, a cannabis Cali sober thing, and it's working for them. God bless their heart. God bless them, dude. God Hell bless yeah. their heart. I found a place for myself that doesn't work for me. So I don't judge others, you know, dude, but I, I mean, identify with what you're saying a lot. If you can find truth in this program and, and see that you – that that you can do something like that, go for it, dude. Yeah. In any program, you know, it's about exactly. in any, you know, it, it, you got to find your own truth. Cause you're, you know, I always say this, but like your body chemistry and mine is not the same, you know, our minds are not the same. You know, we do find the commonalities through this program where we are the same, you know, not better than not less than, but like, you know, biochemically, like what, what gets you sober might get me drunk and vice versa. You know, I have found that, you know, and I, I, I've got some intuitive feelings about um, about you based on what you said and like how this program is and how good 12 step and AA and shit like that is for you. Like for me, it's it's given me a life beyond my wildest dreams, which looks like my old life. If you didn't know nothing, same wife. Scott, you know, the, the wife's with me now. Uh, I, I'm working at the same place at the job that I quit, you know. I got, you know, you know what I mean? I've been living in the same house that I wanted to kill myself in, that right. I hated myself, this terrible place. And now all of a sudden, you know, there's this, like, I love, I don't love my job. I like my job. You know what right. I mean? Like, things are okay inside. So it's like nothing changed, but everything changed. You know the thing, nothing changes if nothing changes? Right. Well, yeah. I made changes and I do this thing, so everything's changed, even though materially... Nothing's changed. I haven't gotten, you know, a new, I don't have a gold watch to show you or, but I'm right. okay in my own skin. Right. You accept, you accept it. It's amazing. I get to be of service to, 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 to my higher power and other people, you know, and that's something like I could never imagine. You know what that's, I mean? I agree with you. What you, what you just said about like, uh, you know, I used to think it was my job too, my job and 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 the, the fiance or the or my you know at the time we were just boyfriend and girlfriend or uh, you know my children or this or that or this or that you know and and what this program program did is it 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 took all of that and put it out here. It just put all of that stuff out here, and you know, I realized that it was none of that. It was, you know, cause I, I'm, I'm back at, like you, I'm back at the same job that I had 
you know, I'm I'm with the same fiance that I had. Yeah, yeah. You know, my kids didn't change. She didn't change. You know, my perception. Something internally is changing. I agree with you. 100%. So, I mean, um, I've already taken about an hour and a half of your time, but I think it's important. Like, uh, how did you get sober this time? Like, what happened? Um, I went. I spoke to a friend in South Florida. Uh, he was the first person I told uh, what what I was going through. Sounds scary, dude. I was I was uh, dude. I was like ashamed, and I felt this guilt, and like. I felt really bad about telling him because I, you know, again, my ego wants to separate me from you or me from him or me from anyone in this, in this program. Mm -hmm. So, so I finally mustered enough energy or, or to, to give him a call. And I said, Mike, <laughs> I've relapsed. You know, I, I started smoking pot of like, you know, and I've been smoking weed for a while. And and I'm I don't know what the fuck to do. I feel terrible. I I, I want to kill myself. I I don't know how to keep going. Um, it's like first of all, Sal, I don't give a fuck. Nobody cares <laughs> that you relapsed. No shit. <laughs> it's like people don't care that you relapsed. What matters is that you're coming back. Um, and uh, oh, I like that. I like how he put that. Right. He's that. like. Dude, He's like, you know, people come and go. <clears throat> what matters is that they come back and they try to do the right thing. That people aren't, you know, and I spoke to a lot of other people down there. And I, you know, really good friends. And I told them, look, I, I look up to you. And we have a really good relationship. And I feel the need to tell you that this happened in my life. And and um, because, and, you know, same kind of like the same reaction. I don't care that you relapsed as long as you're back and as long as you're here. Glad you're alive. What can I do to help? Right. Please call exactly. me. Shit like that. Right. So no. that and and you know they both most of them most of the people I called told me Sal, you know what to do. Stop being a pussy. Go and do it. Go to a meeting. Um, and that's and that's what changed. You know, I I went to a meeting. I went to a meeting. And right. I this time up, you didn't. This time you didn't need treatment. I this didn't. time you knew where to go. I knew where to go. Exactly. I went I went to a meeting and I picked up a 24-hour coin and you know, I'm this Sunday by the grace of God if if he permits me I will be, you know, if he allows me to do this, I'll be picking up a 90-day coin. It's amazing, bro. It's, it's amazing, bro. And like nerf. normally um you know they say you shouldn't have people share blah 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 for 90 days or this and that but i had a different feeling about the light that was going on with you you know what i'm saying like it's so obvious so you're doing the 90 for 90 you said or not quite a 90 you know you're i'm you're, i you're probably have done i think i've i'm probably doing more than 90 meetings in 90 days yeah, you know yeah. I've, I've i've been going to a meeting every day uh, if I miss a day i go to two meetings on saturday two meetings yeah. on sunday I, and you know, like, like, are you are you enjoying the meetings up here now are you able to find your way in them now you know i i've been to a ton of different meetings a lot of different meetings because i am in search of of um fellowship fellowship exactly thank you and you know i this time around i finished i finished my steps in 65 days yeah um 
because I I know what kind of freedom I can get from doing that. Mm -hmm. uh, and and it was amazing to to be able to write down inventory and, and working these steps again. Uh, and and like you said, like looking for this fellowship, like these meetings, going to a ninety ninety or whatever, like the suggestion. Yeah, you're shopping for a home group, basically. It's exactly. like you know, I mean, you're gonna find ones you like, ones you don't like. But the thing I'll say to you is, um, you know, you it's a th the program's three sided triangle, right? And it's and or think of it as a three legged bar stool, right? Right. And recovery, the twelve steps, is one of those legs, right? But you can't stay sober on one leg. Exactly. That barstool is going to tip over. So, you know, you got it. You need a fucking stupid coffee commitment somewhere. Not you need. But like. Unbelievable. The amount of uh, the amount of. Uh, service there there actually is. I just like I had a hard time seeking for that. And like like you said, it's a three legged stool like this. This program that that I that right. I you uh, need fellowship, which I. Dude, I'm telling you right now, you, you're, you know, I, I really, um, I'd like to be friends, bro. You know, we've been texting yeah. since Sunday, you know, and I was yeah. like, I like today. I'm like, man, I really would love to know your story, you know, Absolutely, and um, a there's pleasure. a lot of great people in this area, man. It's a lot dude, of great and, service. And the the problem, like the, the way that you're mentioning this right now, it just brought to my attention that when I came back from Florida, I was expecting the, the benefits of a three-part program by doing one of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and no. that's where things went wrong for me. No. And, um, you, you can't do that. Yeah. No, you, know you can't I mean? listen. It's all a learning experience. And, um, just keep the love in your heart, brother. Did you have a good time on the podcast? Absolutely. This was yeah. great, man. Yeah. This was awesome. I was a, Every week I'm like, man, this is the best one. And I hope Melissa doesn't hear me say that. But like I had I just had such a great time talking to you, man. Dude, it and was I, so awesome, bro. I yeah. really appreciated this. Well, thank you for coming on and I'll see you out there. Are you celebrating 90 days? I am. Yes. Where I'll, at? Be, um, I'll be at the Ryan House and uh Saugerties at, at uh, uh 7 a.m. on set on Sunday. 7 a.m. in the morning? That's it, dude. That's where you're getting your 90-day chip? Yeah. What kind of meeting is that? It's an eye-opener meeting. What does uh, that it, mean? It's, um, well, that's the name of the group, and it's it, it'll be a 12-and-12 uh, 12 -12 meeting. So That's sick, dude. Is that like kind of like that you kind of feel like that's a home group for you there kind of thing? It's those people in that room that uh, – that Shrine House is special. Yeah. Uh, the people in that room showed me a, a level of, uh, man, I don't even know how to explain it. I felt the same way as I felt in Drunk Squad in that room. Mm -hmm. You know, that that Ryan house, that hasn't been there very long. That's I know. A, there's yeah. a special thing. There's There's a special thing there, man. I got to get over there more. I use the excuse of it's a 50-minute drive. Let me tell you, I drive 50 minutes for a drink. I drive 50 minutes for drugs. You know what I mean? Like, it's, you know, I drive. I can't tell you how long I've driven to see concerts and festivals and shit. Oh, my I've God. I've driven out to Kansas to see a festival before. So. I went to Vegas for that. Yeah. Which one was that? Is that uh, Daisy? Electric Daisy? Uh, yeah. Wow. How was that? 
Oh my god, it was amazing. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Awesome. I wish I I wish I remember the sets, but uh That's what <laughs> I'm telling you. Wait till you go to your next EDC and you remember everything. Dude. And you find little ways during the festival to be of service. That's what's wild. There's this whole thing out there right now I'm just finding out about called Sober AF. Mm-hmm. Like sober as fuck. Right. And it's a group that goes from festival festival to festival and they set up booths and it's like you oh, know that's fire, dude. Oh, dude, it's awesome. So, <laughs> all right, brother. Well, I couldn't thank you enough, man. This has been thank fantastic. You. It's been a pleasure for yeah. sure. It's definitely, you know, gotten to know you a little better, too. Yeah, thank man, you, so you too. For... Thank you for your story and congratulations on 90 days, man. That's a miracle. Thank you. All right, thank brother. You so much, brother. Thanks, man. You got it, bro. Hey everybody, what'd you think? Was uh was Sal awesome or what? Well that there that there concludes another episode of Willie Show Podcast and another edition of Garbage Head Fairy Tales. And what could we possibly have in store for episode nine? I know what we got in store. I've got stuff planned, man. So please continue to send your emails. WillieShowPodcast at gmail.com. Like and subscribe. Share this with your friends. Check out our Instagram. Life is freaking good, guys. Thank you. Nice.